Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Jocelyn. Welcome back to the show. Uh, super happy to have you back. I, I actually um, brought a surprise. I didn't tell you this pre-show, <gasps> but I brought a surprise. And uh, it might be really loud on your end, so just prepare for that. But it, in post, this will all be fine. So, so here we go. You'll never guess what this is, but enjoy. Do I look like I need your power? Where are my manners? Sonic, meet Knuckles. I am shaking my head so much right now. (laughs) And that clapping you hear is is everybody so stoked that the Sonic 2 trailer (laughs) has finally arrived. Um, oh man okay that's it i quit yeah i kind of figured this was a great way to bring you back into the fold of the sonic show uh while you were gone we made some changes i don't know if you yeah <laughs> i didn't um, i did not know this uh that's that's great i'm so looking forward to never being here again yeah well you know what it, it only happens every two years where we get to talk about a new sonic film and i think uh, now is the time to rejoice that uh, jim carrey is finally doing sequels again and uh, Knuckles, I don't know if you heard uh, Idris Elba there, but that's that's solid Knuckles right there. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm joking. That was the surprise. We don't have to talk about Sonic until April 2022, so it's fine. Excellent. I'll let you do that. <laughs> <laughs> we do have uh, something we want to talk about, and I know that it feels like we are super late on this now. <laughs> but uh, we've been planning it for quite a few weeks, but uh Yeah. Uh, we're we're getting to it now, so we're going to talk a little bit about Arcane. Uh, we've now finished the uh, the whole series or the whole season because it has been renewed for a second one, so we do know it's coming back. Which is okay. Uh, we are going to talk some spoiler stuff, so if you guys um, haven't finished Arcane yet, you might want to skip ahead. I know Ryan always does timestamps in the show notes, so those are available to you. Um, but uh, yeah bold decision on the ending of the season without having a renewal like assured i guess you know yeah (laughs) that was a cliffhanger and a half (laughs) yeah i uh, as i was watching the series my my mind always goes to this is a video game adaptation and, and my thought was always like well maybe the ending is just what caused the league of legends to start like the never ending battle of you know, five people on one end of the map fighting against five people on the other end of the map and and constant toxicity in, in the chat room. Uh, I just, <laughs> that's what I assumed. But um, yeah, the fact that we're getting a sequel makes perfect sense with that ending. And yeah, I'm, you know, Netflix has uh, really dipped for me in terms of their ability to um, keep series on the track. You know, like, uh, for example, I think the most recent one that got axed was uh, Cowboy Bebop. I haven't watched it. They they canceled that like yeah. two or three weeks after it aired. And I was like, and I hadn't watched it, which I mean, now I feel kind of bad. But like, I, and I knew people were really, really stoked about the fact that they were making that. I have no idea what it is, but mm. I know people were excited about it. And so to cancel it within that short of a window, I was kind of like, what the hell? Yeah. I, and, <laughs> so you know, surprised. you say it makes you feel bad. Like I like 
I I had the same reaction, but it's kind of like, I, but then immediately I'm angry at Netflix. It's like you didn't even. That's the point of having a Netflix subscription is that I can watch it whenever I want. You but can like, watch it whenever, yeah. You you've already made this decision. <laughs> yeah, you had to watch it within because like I just saw a list of shows on Netflix that had like um number of of views within first 28 days and i'm like so that's their metric is in the first 28 days how many people watch it and i'm like that's interesting i guess but like you say i don't necessarily follow and have a netflix subscription to watch everything like day and date like sometimes i feel like watching how I met your mother for the 18th time. Cause I just don't want to get into something new. It's like, I want something to put on in the background or something. I don't know. Like, and I know that they're trying to get into, um, original programming and all the rest are, I guess, not trying to get into, they've been very established in original programming for a number of years now. But, um, I just don't think that like traditional viewer metrics are how they should measure the success or failure of a show like it seems so short term and netflix to me isn't a short term thing like yeah it's it's on demand and sometimes i might demand things 6 months from now <laughs> yeah i i think that when you look at netflix and you look at their their shift in terms of programming they are quality you know they are quantity over quality and i'm not saying cowboy bebop was like the the pillar of an amazing show and i not watched it but i know it had its issues um but it had people that really liked it and another show that popped into my head was um the jupiter one uh, it was like a superhero show and it ended on a cliffhanger and it got canceled and i think like that's my biggest struggle with netflix and it has honestly got me like thinking like man maybe maybe i just need to give netflix I would give Netflix a break if the kids didn't watch that's their TV, you know, mm. uh, but but essentially like it's hard to get invested in a series when you know it might be canceled by Netflix. But it's also like I got to watch it in the first week. I think like that's the thing about Arcane is that it had such um, like a like a a following right off the bat and oh, what'd they do? They didn't do the Netflix model. They did like three episodes each week. And I think like, mm -hmm. why don't they do that if it works? Like it works for Disney Plus. I mean, a lot of people say, well, that's just an easy way for people to, you know, get people to keep their subscription longer. But like, if that's what gives you the better yeah, numbers. Yeah, I, oh man, I, I hate that so much. You don't like the week to week? Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't like the week to week. We actually, uh, so we haven't started watching and we did the same thing with, um, WandaVision. Um, we haven't started watching Hawkeye yet. Uh, and we did the same thing with the Captain America one as well. Um, we waited until basically um, six or seven episodes were out so that we knew like we by the time we finished getting caught up, the last episodes would be out um, just because like I like to sit and have like we have like TV movie nights, basically. Like we just did it with um, the Wheel of Time show where like instead of watching a movie, my husband and I will just sit down and watch like four hours worth of a, of a TV show and um, like on a Friday night or whatever. And that's how we enjoy our content. Yeah. And so it's it's really odd to me um, when these services that are meant to be on demand and streaming and whatever do, do the week to week traditional cable model. I, I really don't like it. But anyways, that's that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but uh you know, it's funny that you mentioned just um, whether or not you're going to stay um, subscribed to, to Netflix, because I know like personally, 
I don't use Netflix that much anymore. Um, there's so much content that's moved from Netflix to other streaming services. Like I get Amazon Prime video with my Prime subscription that I have anyways. Um, and that's where a lot of my, co- like, that's where I watch Buffy, which I watch Buffy and rewatch Buffy over and over and over and over. So, and they're making some really good um, original content now too. And that's already included in a streaming or in a subscription service that I pay for for other reasons. Um, then there's like there's Disney Plus is doing all the Marvel stuff. So I have that. And I found a lot of other shows like because they have Bob's Burgers. That's one of my go to like put on in the background TV shows, whatever. So they've got new stuff and old stuff that I want to like. They have a lot of stuff that basically Netflix used to have. And then I have Crave, which comes through my television provider. So I've basically got three subscription services, all with way better content than Netflix that Netflix used to have, but they lost the licenses to as all of these other kind of um, groups made their streaming services. So now I'm like, I might just cancel my Netflix until it's Witcher time. Well, that's this week. To bring it back to video games. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what? Witcher's coming out now? As uh, Friday. That's the funny thing about time is that... uh, (laughs) It, it just Where keeps did on, it go? I don't know. So honestly, I, what what's like, there's a lot of stuff that's been going on this week. Okay, that's well like, then wow. I'll cancel after Witcher is done then. Yeah, because you can binge it. So you'll binge. Yeah, because I can binge it. Yeah, I'll binge yeah. and cancel Netflix next week. There you go. There you go. Netflix is on notice. I don't think there's really, I mean, Disney has a lot of stuff coming, but yeah, like Netflix, uh, I think with Arcane, they... They they brought something. I wondered why. Honestly, sorry, no, sorry to ahead. get you off, Ryan, but I wondered why all of a sudden everyone in our TGI Discord, <laughs> which if you want to join, you can go to bitly slash TGI Discord. Um, I didn't realize why everyone was suddenly talking about Henry Cavill and The Witcher, and I was like, I'll talk about Henry Cavill anytime. Like, <laughs> I am down for this conversation. Oh, there's a muscle, uh, a muscly shirt, uh, Cavill fixing a PC. Now that. That is a show-stopping <laughs> gift right there. Sorry, everybody. There you go. Uh, so yeah, I very much. Uh, I did. I did not realize it was because the new the new season was coming out <laughs> so soon. I thought people were just like mm, Henry Cavill, and I'm like, yep, I'll get yeah, in on that. Sure, <laughs> uh, so thanks, thanks for that reminder, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> but sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Um, no, I I forgot. Oh yeah, yeah. So we were talking about Arcane, and it's a series that came out on Netflix. We talked about it a couple weeks ago, and. Um, and, and and here's the thing, like, I think Netflix, when they announced that they were doing this, this League of Legends show, I was like, I know they did the Dota one. And the Dota one was, uh, you know, highly regarded as well. And um, I never watched the Dota one. Uh, it, it still got renewed. either. But uh, yeah, I, I think that with Arcane, they've crafted something truly special here, where I think this is a show that obviously works on its own without the, you know, the need to understand the video game. I think the show for me has honestly made the video game universe more viable. And I think I've heard that said elsewhere as well, where I'm actually playing Riot games. Now, I'm not playing PC League of Legends, but I, I tried Wild Rift on mobile. I played Legends of Ruterra and I appreciate the characters they're throwing at me in those games more now that I've I've watched this show because I really feel like They've taken a story that is inspired by or ripped from the video game. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. And crafted something that that is truly entertaining to watch. And is, is just it's so well crafted. And I'm honestly like flabbergasted that they were able to put this together with. I mean, you work hard on anything as long as you can and as hard as you can. Like it's going to come together. And I think here this is a perfect example of them sitting down. It's like we're going to make 
the best League of Legends animated series on Netflix that we can. And I think they they truly did it. Like in, in my opinion, I think they did it. Yeah, I think that um, ov- overall, I enjoyed the series. I think that they gave it a lot of heart and I felt pretty connected to a lot of the characters. And I think that for the most part, they had um, some interesting directions that they took people in. Um, Overall, I think it was it was a really, really good series that I enjoyed. I think that there were a couple of moments, like particularly in the second set of three episodes that dragged a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But it wasn't quite as bad as some other series like are guilty for um but i did think the the first three episodes of the series i thought were fantastic like i wouldn't have changed anything about those first three episodes when uh, it was basically focusing on when they were all kids and uh so i thought that that was that was really really interesting and it got a little bit less interesting once we kind of returned to them as adults for me anyways Um, but I think it was just because like, I don't think, and again, as somebody who doesn't know a lot about League of Legends, um, it doesn't seem like the two sisters are ever meant to be reunited and on the same side, which meant that they kind of had six episodes about these sisters trying to kind of come back together And yet always having these like little like misunderstandings that then got blown way out of proportion that then kind of like separated them again, which again, I feel like was driven by the idea that they're supposed to be part of different factions in the video game. So they're never supposed to reconcile. But um, it felt really weird spending, you know, two thirds of the series seeming to focus on bringing them back together and reuniting them, but then never actually doing that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I do. I feel like that might, and I I 100% agree with you. That is a really good point. And I think that um, the video game logic of it all, like knowing that uh, Jinx is, is a character in the game that is very much on like the opposite side of, of Vi, who uh, appears to be more of the upstanding hero of, of the game. And I mean, I think from a video game perspective, it's so, it's so like you look at the character lineup and you're like, Oh, well that's clearly they're on, as you said, different factions. They're, they're going to be warring against each other. And I think the show is like, it's telling the story of these two sisters that have been ripped apart through, you know, trauma and, and just these, terrible events that have happened in the show and and then they're raised apart you know one thinks the other mm-hmm. is dead the, the you know the other has no idea where they are but wants to get back to them and i think like that's the struggle where they 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 want you know vi wants to reunite with her sister powder um but powder there's this struggle between powder and jinx as this like the way powder was raised by guy i think who was vented for the show because because he he doesn't make it through the show but i can't remember what his name is silco i think his name is and i think that's the struggle is like they're they're telling a story where yeah it does end in a spot where very much powder is no longer around and it's it's just jinx and jinx and vi are are going to be operating on on different teams going forward uh that decision is made fairly clear at the end but Mm -hmm. i think you're right like you look at the video game-ness of it kind of ruins um the journey in a way where like 
I think if you remove the video game equation from it and just, you know, watch the show and, and it's, it's hard to do that, but just let it, let them, let them tell the story. Like you might think like, oh yeah, this is an interesting journey where I think these two characters could possibly reunite. Cause they do like foreshadow that a little bit, but as you said, things just keep happening that push them further apart. And most of it is, as you said, misunderstandings or like, yeah, it's just a lot of it felt really contrived. Mm -hmm. It's like, everything will be totally okay. Unless like some random third party bursts in at this exact second as Jinx is trying to explain her side of the story, you know, like, and then what do you know? Like (laughs) there's those dudes on flying skateboards that ambush them out of nowhere. Like, Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I see that for sure. And I think like it, it, I think this is one of those instances where you look at a show like this and I, I mean, I don't know about you, but like, I think you're right. Like that is a, that is a struggle for sure in the way they're telling this, this journey. It's only because it's like my least favorite thing about narrative design mm-hmm. is when like, it doesn't matter if it's movies or TV or video games or what is if the only reason that you have any sort of like um, drama intention is because your characters are idiots. I hate that. <laughs> like if they're just making bad decisions for the sake of pushing the story forward. I hate that so much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of that going i mean i don't know if they're they're idiots i think it is like misunderstanding people being away from the situation long enough where there there is confusion um, sure although like i mean we can get I into was definitely sp- harsh no no, no that, <laughs> in my it, description <laughs> it's totally fine but i think like uh there's a specific example where um you mentioned the kids on skateboards uh i was like looking at that and like okay who are these characters um and it turns out the leader who is interacting with vi and 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 Jinx, you know, knows them. It's the kid from the beginning, yeah. you know? And I can understand him being wary of Jinx and saying, like, no, she's powder's gone, that's Jinx, she's she's evil. Well, yeah, because he's been around, yeah. right? Like he's he's seen her grow up and he's been, you know, under Silco's thumb and all the rest of it. So like I get his reaction to her, but then him being so about Vi, I'm like, yeah. why isn't he just like, oh my God, you're alive. This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and they do get there, but like the journey to getting there ruins this reunion between Powder and, and Vi. And, and you're absolutely right. It is that interaction where they're like about to have that heart to heart conversation that is required for them to to be able to move forward um, as sisters. And then this happens and it's like, oh, that could have been avoided. And again, I get... You know the 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 skateboarder kids being wary of um, the 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 character that's running with with Vi. I'm terrible with character yeah, the, names. The topsider. Yeah, <laughs> I can't yeah. Remember. The, the yeah, soldier. The, the the debutante or whatever. Like oh, the the name. one whose parents are super duper rich, but she just wants to be a cop. I think she's Janice, maybe. No, that's not right. The other guy's I was Jace. Like, I don't. I don't think that there's a Janice. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> uh, Jace or you know, Jace is an actual oh, character. God. I'm Janice from uh, from Topside Accounting. I'm here to. I don't know what, do. <laughs> what, what do accountants do, but you know, I think that um, I know what accountants do. But I think that the show, uh, like outside of that stuff, I think it presents a really interesting story, and they do get video gamey at the very end. With the slow motion, I'm going to, you know, shoot this rocket perfectly timed at this giant council meeting that's happening. And, like, I'm going to be interested to see how they resolve that. But I think the story leading up to it is uh, It's Caitlin, by the way. It's Caitlin. That's close. <laughs> I'm Janice. <laughs> so close. <laughs> I'm glad you looked it up because I was literally just going to call her Janice for the rest of this, the, this episode just to see how many emails we got. Um, 
but uh, no, I I think that uh, I think that the story overall, like there was a lot of like um, the 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 fight scenes were really well done, and I love how they played around with some of the animation styles when they were doing the fight scenes. So sometimes it would be they've had a couple where it was just a straight up fight scene. I think the fight scene between um, uh, uh, Jinx and uh, the other the other the main owl flying skateboarding kids dude i can't remember his name but uh they they that was an interesting change of perspective where they uh they switched up the animation style a little bit like they had some fun there and uh yeah like i think it's just they didn't stay like they crafted this very unique art style and they didn't stay within it they kind of like moved in and around it sometimes which i thought was really i would have liked to see more experimentation there but um they had such a solid base to that animation style that was really cool. Those fight scenes were so, again, like taking a MOBA and making it into a show, like you had to nail the fight scenes without making them seem like really um, stilted animation that you get, not stilted, but like the the same old fight scenes you get in all the cinematics for like uh, the games that look nothing like the cinematics, like the wows of the world and, and the MOBAs of the world as well, you know, and I think that was really well done. Um, I started to think of how many how many ways I could, could throw throw things under the bus there. But yeah, <laughs> it's it's just, I, I really liked it. And I mean, it's funny, like when you look at the show and you try to recommend it to people and you're like, no, you got to watch it. I was having this conversation with Crofton where I'm like, no, you have to watch it. It's really good. You'll love it. And then like, no, and I watch me watch it and I'll, I'll hate it. And it's like, well, I, I think most people, I don't think I've talked to anyone that's really disliked it, you know? No, no. And like I say, even, even with like my, my critique of the, of the sister storyline, I think that, um, overall, I really liked the story that they were telling. I enjoyed, um, like kind of, like I said, the first three episodes, I think were my favorite out of the the three different sections of the season. Mm -hmm. Um, but I did enjoy like once they did the time jump and kind of got to present day, like I thought it was really interesting to see the evolution of the Jace character with all the magic stuff and the, um, like, I guess, sorry, I guess the hex tech stuff and, and kind of his move from scientist to like, counselor and that kind of coup that was really interesting to me although i am also somebody who really likes politics and stuff in my tv so um that kind of political maneuvering might have not been for some people but i i enjoyed it um and then yeah like i i i didn't necessarily love the victor character's arc but i think that's kind of just like how a lot of like pop culture stuff goes right like there's going to be parts you like and parts you don't like and but overall i thought it was very very entertaining and as being someone who knows nothing about league of legends in that universe like and i found that um there's been a couple like i talked about wheel of time uh, a little bit earlier on today when we were talking about just content in general um i'm really enjoying these tv series that have been put out lately with about um like IPs that I have no relationship to. Like I've never read those books. I've never played League of Legends. Um, so these TV series, I think they're actually doing a really good job for like those of us who don't have that background of introducing us into these spaces and explaining the characters and doing the world building. Like they don't, come into it with any sort of expectation of you knowing like what these areas are like, uh, who these characters are, 
how they're like their backstories or anything like they they just they explain everything but not in a like checklist kind of way and i've really been enjoying them so i think if you're because i've had this question a lot is if i don't play league of legends if i know nothing should i still watch arcane and i think absolutely they do a really good job of just like being arcane as opposed to trying to explain like league of legends the game like (laughs) so yeah, I think um, it's definitely something that anyone should, um, that if you have any interest, um, then you should definitely check it out because it's it's really well done. Yeah. Really, really well done. I think like, uh, as you were saying with with uh, the storyline of Jace, I think the show moves, it, it is, they are hour long episodes, which can seem mm-hmm. daunting, but the show moves in a way where it doesn't stick around certain points for very long. And it it, it moves at a quick clip and for me, I really enjoyed, you know, the the Vi and Jinx side of things, like lear- like not necessarily like their individual scenes, but whenever they were having to interact, I liked the exploring that story, and I liked, as you said, Jason and his movement from a scientist to like that story they were telling. It really feels like they're setting up to either could have been you could have had the ending just be like, and now go play the MOBA in the sense that that's the story going forward, or in this case, the better scenario, we're getting a sequel series. But those two storylines are the majority of this series, and everything else that mm-hmm. kind of happens around is that support support towards that storyline. So I feel like they narratively put their best foot forward with the story they're trying to tell, but there are some slip-ups, but still, like, it, it you're right. It does not say to you, like, okay, you need to know, like, X, Y, and Z so we're going to like front load that they just kind of tell the story and mm-hmm. introduce you to the environments, the world, the characters as they need to be introduced. And if you're like me and you like playing video games, I think um, you might find yourself thinking, OK, like maybe I want to experience more with these characters. Mm-hmm. There were definitely a couple of parts that were that felt very ripped from a video game like specifically the fight where vi and jace were at the factory Mm -hmm. that felt like if you played league of legends and you knew what all of their moves were then you'd (laughs) be like oh that's his finish that's the ultimate and that's this thing and that's when she does the blah like that felt like it was ripped out of a league game (laughs) yeah but they don't like they don't say like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to use my yeah. hammer that transforms into a, a shield thingy. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and it works in the sense that he's just he's he's crafted this weapon. He's obviously thought of, like they're not weapons. They're what does he say? Like they're they're tools essentially that would they're be used tools, for, yeah. for mining. And that's a really good point. Like those tools that he's now using as a weapon, like you're like in our minds i have no idea like i played a little bit of uh league of legends wild rift but like i haven't like i you're right like oh that's probably his kit like he's got that's his ultimate that's his r that's his w and (laughs) and he's just he keeps spamming r i don't know why but like he, he seems to be working for him um but yeah it's just uh it's a it's so it's such a good adaptation i think you can you know what I'd be honestly really interested in is, and I, I wouldn't be opposed to watching it again, is just like sit down with somebody who does not play video games and just not even tell them that it's based on a video game. And just because I think you could get away with that and it, because it doesn't matter that it's an adaptation. I think it's I think I was saying this to you earlier. We were planning for this show and, and I was we were texting back and forth and I said, like, it feels weird to say it's the best adaptation ever because I've never played League of Legends. <laughs> yeah. 
it's kind of like it's just the best thing like, I that think it, it's the best yeah <laughs> it's the best thing that's like based on something like there are things that i have not read as you said like wheel of time or 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 whatever like i've not read the source material but i appreciate the movie for for what it is and in this case i think that's a similar scenario where like i think i'm pretty sure they did a good do- job adapting it but like i know for a fact that this is a really good thing based on another thing and you know <laughs> thumbs up there's a better way to say that but no, I like it. This is a thing based on another thing, and this is good, so thumbs up. That's yeah. perfect. That's essentially the wrap-up to the review, but I yeah. I might I might see about watching it again, see if Ashley wants to check it out. Because, again, like, I, I mean, outside of the Imagine Dragons intro and yeah. and that, that band showing up in the show, I think, <laughs> I think for me the show earned a lot of leeway because it was so good, but, the, like, it, I'm glad they put Imagine Dragons within the scene of episode five as opposed to episode two, because I don't think they earned it at that point. But by mm. episode five, I think it's like, all right, I guess we can uh, understand. Fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Just these guys yeah. screaming, screaming in a basement. It's all good. Yep. So, so uh, before we move on to stuff that we've been playing this week, uh, do you want to know a ridiculously obscure piece of trivia about Arcane that I just realized as I was looking up the character's name for Caitlin? Sure, yeah. So, uh, there is a voice actor in Arcane whose name is Josh Keaton, uh-huh. and he does a bunch of like the the kind of like background secondary character voices. And so when I was looking at the IMDb page, I was like, oh, man, I know that guy. I recognize his face. He was a member of my favorite boy band in the late 90s called No Authority. Oh. (laughs) They were out at the same time as Backstreet Boys. They were super duper tiny and like no one knew who they were. But I loved them and I actually got to meet them in Toronto. And I was like, I know this guy. (laughs) Wow. So he does the background sounds is what you're saying. So he does. Yeah, he's a lot of background voices like you know, like a random guard number three and like janitor yeah. <laughs> sort of thing. But yeah, so yeah, there's a, there's a guy from a boy band that uh, does some voices in Arcane. And I used to, I, I loved him. He was my favorite. He was my favorite of the four of them. And yeah. yeah, he's in Arcane. So obviously that's why Arcane is so good. Yeah, I thought that was a long play to be like, and it turns out it was Janice all along. But it <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, speaking of characters, it was all along. Uh, I played Control start to finish this last week. Um, I've been really kind of focusing on a lot of single player content lately. And uh, I so I went onto my Xbox because Halo Infinite is on Game Pass and I was going to download and install and play Halo. And then it took so freaking long that I was like, well, while I wait, what else do I have already installed that I can just kind of poke away at? And I was like, man. I have control installed and I'm like, I started to play it on the PC, but now, you know, I've, I've, it's free on game pass. So I installed it on the Xbox as well. So I'm like, I'm just going to play it here. And I hadn't bought any of the DLC anywhere. So, um, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to start playing control and and see what happens. I played it start to finish. I couldn't put it down. It was so (laughs) good. So I haven't even touched halo yet. I know Ryan, you have, and we're going to talk about it probably, um, in January, but, uh, yeah, like control, man, I, it's, it's hard to get into, which I know is why I bounced off it the first time and only played a couple of hours. But once you start to get your, your first few powers, it really starts to get super fun. And not to mention like the story, which 
the expansion of the Remedy universe is so interesting, especially now that I've played Alan Wake. Um, the other part of the campaign that I played was actually the Alan Wake DLC, which was really hard. It's meant to be like, uh, or it can be played, I guess, um, during the campaign, which is how I experienced it. But you kind of go from fighting like level three and four bad guys to level seven and eight bad guys. And it is a huge jump in difficulty level. Uh, but I did make my way through it. The boss fight at the end was really, really, really hard and probably took me about two hours. But it was so satisfying when I beat it. Yeah, I I honestly, I couldn't believe how much... Um, like content was in the Alan Wake DLC, I would almost call it an expansion because there was like, it probably took me. So overall, my playthrough of the campaign took 20 hours. I think I probably played five or seven, five to seven hours worth of that was in the Alan Wake area. And the number of rooms, because they, um, they create this like investigations area for Alan Wake. And there's got to be like between 10 and 15 different um, control points to find in that area, which is almost the same as the whole rest of the control campaign. Um, it's, it was just, it was absolutely huge. And there were so many puzzles and so many monsters. And I was just like, man, and, and collectibles, like there was so much information about the Alan Wake just universe and event and stuff like oh man it was so good it was really really good <laughs> yeah i'm glad you enjoyed it i uh and it was all fresh in my mind too right because i played alan wake what a month ago so yeah it wasn't too long ago i think mm -hmm. like um with control you're right like there is this ramp up at the beginning where before you get your powers uh, or or a majority of your powers it feels somewhat like a i don't want to say generic shooter but it feels like a third person shooter and that's that's all it is and then once you get those powers and you start to unlock more variations of the gun, you really get into a, a point where it feels more like, I think I described it when it came out, sort of like a like a sci-fi, but a, like a quirky sci-fi, gra more grounded, but not, but still quirky, like weird, I don't know, like a, like a ma mass effect, you know? <laughs> Obviously, I described it way more elegantly. Kind of, yeah, because you, you have the, this mix of like powers along with shooting, so you can like lift things and throw them telekinetically, you can you know, fly up in the air for short periods of time. You can, like, you get this special, um, like, whooshy dodge ability. Um, there's all sorts. And like you said, um, you can morph the gun from just a straight up kind of, like, generic handgun to, like, uh, a sniper rifle. Or there's also, like, a, um, a shotgun type style gun. So, like, you can start to... Um, change your play style kind of um based around your combination or your choice of of powers and abilities along with your your choice of gun so i think it started to get really interesting with like the builds that you could kind of do and i found this like play style that really worked for me and i really enjoyed and and yeah i had a, a ton of fun in it but it, it did take a little bit of, of time to kind of get there so it was definitely worth it in the end. But I did have a couple of things that like I found a little bit frustrating because so basically in control and I know we've we've spoken about this before, but you kind of like you walk into this like government agency and it's basically like what if the X-Files was not just Mulder and Scully in the basement, but was actually an entire branch of the government. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
And so you kind of, you walk into this and you are immediately put in charge through events. <laughs> and uh, so then you are the director of the Bureau of Control. Like you are the boss. Everyone now reports to you. And yet your security clearance is zero. <laughs> and I'm like, and it's basically like your security clearance level. Like you're given different like access cards and stuff as you progress through the game that open different doors and different pathways to you and stuff like that. But I'm like, if I'm the boss of everyone and this is like a magical, mystical sci-fi land of crazy why doesn't like <laughs> the building know who I am? <laughs> like, why don't I just have instant access to everything? And I know, again, that's very much like a video game construct controlling the narrative. And I get that. But I was like, this is so stupid. Like, it's <laughs> you need level two clearance to get through this door into this office that's full of post-it notes everywhere. And it's just like, why? <laughs> well, I mean, in a bureaucratic world, uh, she has <laughs> a, a, a probation period. Yeah. <laughs> um, where uh, she has to uh, take out specific, uh, like, it all makes sense in the lore of the world where you have to take out specific um, uh, bosses in each world to get a better security. You know, it's like all bureaucratic offices. You have to steal the 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 security steal clearance. The credentials. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. And that's essentially what, what is happening. And she's like, oh, yeah, if you want to get in the level three doors, you better go take care of floating Bob out by the weird refrigerator, <laughs> which is an actual thing. Yes. So, oh my yeah. God. That was probably my favorite part about this game. Wasn't necessarily <laughs> the game itself, but like Matt would come downstairs and be like, oh, how's it going? I'm like, really good. I just got a new ability and I think I can finally beat the fridge. And he's like, the hell are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Huh? And then just walks away. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like, I would just say these ridiculous sentences and he was just like, I don't understand what's happening. Like, I know what all those words mean separately, but together, <laughs> that's not making any sense at all. Um, but yeah, so there was kind of the combination of that. And then it's sort of less frustratingly was all of the collectibles that you find and all the case files and stuff. They have these random words redacted. And it's like half the time you can figure out what they're trying to say. But then the other half of the time, you're just like, this this doesn't, what, it, what even the, does this mean? What is happening? And again, if you're the boss, why is all this stuff redacted? Although they are files that you find just like randomly sitting on desks and stuff. So it's not like every, all of these files are in the director's office and that's where you're getting them from. So that's probably why things are like redacted and why it makes sense in the lore of the world. But man, there is nothing worse than trying to read a collectible with half of the sentences blacked out. <laughs> and it's not even like whole sentences. It's like words and sentences. So it kind of makes sense, but not really, which is basically what controls tagline should have been for the entire game it kind of makes sense but not really <laughs> yeah no i think that game has such a interesting sense of the world where you really it feels grounded in the sense that like yes this is this is uh this is our earth this isn't like a parallel universe or whatever but but it is like this parallel slice of uh of earth where literally the the old house which is the the office of the the Bureau of Control is constantly shifting within its own mm -hmm. parallels. It's so weird. And it's very it. like multiverse, like parallel dimensions, yeah. like dealing with that kind of metaphysical stuff. But what I liked the most about it is that it does exist in this like 
it's it's almost like a, a meta look at all of their other games, which is something that like they said that they were going to do. But there's all kinds of Easter eggs. Like it's really cool that it exists in the same universe. And there is obviously the direct Alan Wake DLC, but it exists in the universe of all their other games that all have these kind of like weirdo metaphysical things going on. So I thought it was really well done. I liked how it pulled the rest of the universe together and how it also left a whole lot of threads that were kind of open and, you know, could be future games, could be future DLCs. Like um, the Alan Wake DLC actually ended with a tease of another Alan Wake game coming soon, which then uh, we'll talk about the news in a second. Um, it was actually announced. Alan Wake 2 was announced at the Game Awards this past week. So um, it was it was really, really neat because it was like, you've got this like security guy talking in your ear sort of thing. And um, you're you get to the end of the of the DLC and then they're like, oh, you should see this. There's like a report coming in from Cauldron Lake. And but like the it's been like um, dormant or whatever. And they're like, oh, and the instruments must be malfunctioning because it like the date on this is a few years in the future. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God, there's an Alan Wake game coming. This is so cool. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I didn't realize they they teased so heavily. Like I knew they were. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. OK, that is really neat. I yeah, I it was a, it was a heavy teaser and it was oh, man, Ryan, honestly, it was so fun. And especially, like I said, because. I had played Alan Wake so recently and all the characters are fresh in my mind. Like there are so many references, like the the big boss monster thing that you're kind of like following through the whole area. It's like it's all tied to the idea of like the darkness from Alan Wake and the character, like the boss that you're fighting is a major character in the first Alan Wake game. So like there's just so many ties back to that universe that it just, again, like I say, makes me like I want DLCs for like all of the other they call them altered world events like I want DLCs where you just explore all of those characters and stuff but you know I think they're done with the DLC for now the campaign finished in a really interesting way as well because basically the whole time you're trying to find and contain this like negative energy that they call the hiss and essentially, it's like if it gets out into the world, it will destroy everything. So they have to keep it contained in the oldest house, which you manage to do by the end of the campaign. And then it it kind of goes into this like free play mode. And they they explain that in a really interesting way of saying basically like we've managed to contain the hiss within the oldest house. So within the Bureau of Control, but now we have to eradicate it. So it leaves it open for you to like level up more, get more powers, like explore more side quests and and keep playing the game, including there there is a DLC package as well um, that takes place after the campaign. I haven't played through that yet, but um, it makes it, it was a really natural transition into like the rest of the content, even though you'd finished the campaign, like it still narratively made sense. And I thought that was really well done. Yeah. No, I, I need to I need to get back to the game. I beat it. I beat the main campaign and I played a little bit of the Alan Wake uh, expansion, which I know we talked about on the show previous. And I, I have not touched the other expansion that they added, but it was it, it was really well received. And I'm glad that Remedy is is kind of like, I mean, we both loved Quantum Break. And I think yes, very much. I think that that game got a, a bad rap just for what it was 
it was being very ambitious with a lot of stuff that people wrote off like the tv the tv stuff to it was was easy for a lot of people to point to and be like oh this is this is not great you know and it's such a yeah it's a small part of the game really um but yeah like i i love that remedy is finally like people are excited about an alan wake too like that's crazy like in a world yeah. where that <laughs> game has been on no one's radar for for so long and then suddenly like everyone is excited i'm excited this is great that that they're going to be going back to that world and i mean hopefully uh hopefully quantum break can can get some love as well but i know there's some some weird microsoft stuff there but i'm sure they can work it out yeah i hope so uh so before we get into talking about the game awards like i i hinted to with the alan wake 2 announcement um we wanted to remind everybody that this show is brought to you by patrons like you we are currently looking for our january patron so if you would like your name here head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in we'd also like to let you guys know that this friday december 17th which um where the hell did that come from that was the other thing that snuck up on us. Oh, yeah, completely. Um, so this Friday, December 17th, we are going to do the TGI Extra Life Christmas Party at 8 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be streaming that. You can check it out, twitch.tv slash Plays. And uh, probably going to be playing some Sea of Thieves or we're open to suggestions. If anybody has anything that they think is super Christmassy that they want to see us play, do let us know. You can hit us up in our Discord. That's bit.ly slash TGI Discord. And if you would like to donate, we do have some team members who um, haven't yet hit their personal goals. So if you want to go and donate as much as Ryan and I would love your donations, uh, you can also direct them to other teammates over at bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2021. Um, so thank you guys so much for all your support this year. It has been a very, very successful campaign. We love you all. Um, but yeah, do go and uh, and help out some of those other teammates. Uh, donations are open until December 31st. So let's talk about um, the Game Awards, which really is the game awards and the game announcements. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of, it's a, it's a very long show. <laughs> Ryan and I talked about this uh, before recording and man, oh man, there's just, there's, there's a lot. And because the announcements are kind of like smooshed in between all of the award presentations, it's not even the kind of thing that you can go, okay, I only want to know about the announcements. I don't care about the awards or like, I only want the awards. I don't care about the announcements. Like, Man, you need to do a huge supercut <laughs> to actually get the content where you want it to. Um, but yeah, I for me, this year, and we talked about this when we talked about the nominees, um, this year didn't seem like a very dense year, I'll say it that way, for gaming. Um, I think probably this is what we're seeing is the effects of the pandemic in 2020 when everyone's kind of schedules got thrown off and a lot of things got delayed and pushed. And I think that there was a lot of things that were due in 2021 that got pushed out to 2022. So it, it felt like a little bit of a, of a smaller year for gaming, shall we say. Not that I want to take anything away from people who were nominated at all, but um, this is probably the least interested I've been in just like year in review like game of the year like that kind of stuff i'm just like oh man it felt like it was a really quiet year like i don't even know like we're planning on doing our game of the year next week and i'm like i don't even know what i'm gonna talk about <laughs> it's just uh, to me 2021 seemed very quiet maybe i'm totally off ryan what do you think i i don't think you're wrong i think that because there, it was a quieter year there were less opportunity for for a vast majority of games to come out like so you know, when you look at the game of the year list at 
the Game Awards specifically, I think that the panels uh, that were choosing the winners had the same thought as you. And you look at, you know, the nominees being Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank, and Resident Evil Village. A lot of those experiences are ones we've experienced before. I've not played Deathloop. I do hear it is it is uh, a different take on the first person genre. But like the fact that It Takes Two, one, I think is a very, you know, good point of looking at that game and being like, let's like celebrate something that is different from the rest of the crowd here. Mm-hmm. I, there are some standouts on this list. I know Psychonauts 2 is is like different, but really it's it's still a sequel. It Takes Two is very much a unique co-op experience that was funny, had great writing. It's the divorce game. <laughs> sure, yeah. I, I lead with it's funny, you lead with it's the divorce game. I don't well, want to yeah, spoil it, but like... Is, yeah, my husband and I had no idea what this game was, just heard that it was a fun co-op experience, and it literally starts with, like, the mom and dad, like, getting a divorce, <laughs> like, talking about getting a divorce and, like, fighting and being... And I just, like, turn to my husband, and I'm like... So we're playing the divorce game now? Are you trying to send me a message? Like, what's going on? So, like, I mean, it is, it's it's a fun, like, two-player co-op experience. Absolutely. It's got some cool puzzle-solving things that you have to do and lots of coordinating and everything else. But it's, it's this game of the year list. Like, when I look at it, I see things like It Takes Two, Psychonauts 2, probably even Resident Evil Village that in a quote unquote normal gaming year, I don't think would have made a game of the year list like Deathloop. Maybe. okay, it was a triple A experience. Same with Ratchet and Clank Metroid Dread. It's the first Metroid in a really long time. Like, I think that there's an argument to be made that they would have been on this list anyways. But I think um, it takes two Psychonauts 2 and Resident Evil Village because horror games just Man, they they really have to scrape and fight to to get their place in the conversation a lot of times. So I don't know. It just it feels like those three titles probably wouldn't even have made the list in another year. So it was definitely an interesting year at the Game Awards from that kind of perspective. I think It Takes Two. I was really happy to see that It Takes Two won because I thought it was a really cool idea. And like you said, Ryan, it's an original IP and, you know, not the next entry into a series like literally everything else but Deathloop on this list. <laughs> so yeah, I think I was really, really happy to to see it take home a win. Um, but yeah, it it kind of felt like we had the same sort of those games were the same like nominees for basically everything the whole way through with a couple of others sprinkled in here and there, like Life is Strange and um, Kenna Bridge of Spirits and and Cyberpunk did get a bit of a nod. <laughs> like, I feel like I, I don't know if anyone's really gone back to Cyberpunk since the probably one of the most disastrous launches we've seen in gaming. Um, but it did get a nod, at least a nomination for best score in music. So it was still on lists, but man, oh man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, some other stand- standouts that kind of stood out to me, like this is the problem with the Game Awards. I didn't watch it. Um, I find that it's too, it's too much. It's three hours long. I've seen some people say like, is there a way we can figure out where the, the awards happens? And then the announce like have less announcements, focus more on the awards. And I think that would go a long way because I think that personally, I want to hear from the developers when they've won their award, because that is the most interesting thing. I mean, when <laughs> the joke is when you watch the Oscars, like they don't play movie trailers in between awards. Yeah, they really don't. And the thing that I've noticed as well is that like 
games have now started to do the same crap that movies do, which I absolutely hate. It's the teaser that tells you nothing. Mm. And it's been happening for a few years now. But like the the one that really stuck out to me is the Wonder Woman one, where it's just like all you're doing is showing her armor and her face. You're not showing me what type of game it is. You're not giving me any information. You're not giving me a reveal date. You're not showing me gameplay like it's just literally the character and then you're like oh wonder woman get hyped no i refuse (laughs) (laughs) and like and so but trailers like this like i mean the the wonder woman trailer trailers like 45 seconds but some of them like the star wars one again star wars was another one it had a lot more like scenes and stuff but it was no in-game footage you don't know what the game's gonna be you don't know anything about it and that took up two minutes of my life (laughs) like if you just cut out a lot of this we're not actually ready to show you anything content then i think it would be a lot better show (laughs) yeah i mean but then you go back to the fact that alan wake 2 was was more of like a an announcement slash tone setting trailer oh yeah like alan it was the same all of these teasers are the same i'm not giving anybody a pass by any stretch of the imagination um like i i was happy that those got announced but i mean i would have been just as happy if it got announced six months from now with some gameplay like especially these ones like that don't even give you a date like alan wake at least we know is coming in 2023 um or wait i think i might be getting that confused with something Uh, is it coming in 2022 2023 is Alan Wake. Okay, it is 2023. Okay. Um, I watched a lot of trailers right before the show. And That's I can't true. remember what's coming out when. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, point is, with stuff especially coming out in 2023 or beyond, which it seems like a lot of these trailers are, like, I would be totally fine not knowing there's a Wonder Woman game until 18 months from now when they have actually something to show me. Um, and so, like, I don't know, because... I just, I don't know why they do this. I hate that they do this. Are they worried about it leaking? Are they worried about not having enough funding to finish the project if they don't prove that there's public interest? Like, I I do not know why they do this, but I hate it. <laughs> it I think it is leaks. And I, I mean, honestly, it's probably healthy for the industry to get to a point where um, they are doing these teaser trailers. I mean, because like when you look at Hollywood, and we've talked about this before, Hollywood will put out a press release and basically say, Wonder Woman 3 is happening and it's a sentence attached to the weekend box office report for Wonder Woman 2. And I think that sets the bar for like, yep, a sequel's happening, so don't be surprised when you when you hear chatter. And I think in the video game industry, there's a lot of secrecy because, you know, they they want it to they want to make a big splash of marketing, but also games fail. You know, like a Wonder Woman game, the second it starts into development or or even an Alan Wake 2 game, I'm sure I mean, Metro Dread's a great example because it started development three or four times. And that happens in the video game industry where you don't necessarily want to announce things too soon, but you also want to have a splash when it comes to marketing. And I just, I look at the Game Awards and I don't know if I'm alone, but I, for me, like, I like the awards stuff. Um, I do like some of the announcements, but I think a three hour show doesn't really please anyone. It doesn't matter what you're interested in. Yeah. What you're interested in is you're going to have to sit through a lot of stuff that you're not interested in in order to get those moments. And well, yeah, you're basically forcing us to go to a 
you know, the link we're literally going to put in our show notes is a Polygon article that is like the 29 announcements we wanted to talk about from the Game Awards. Yeah. <laughs> and that to me is how I digest the show now. And and unfortunately, yeah. that means I miss a lot of the interesting um, acceptance speeches. But again, the ones I had seen, they give them like 30 seconds. Like how do you properly, like even the Game of the Year one was like, it was uh, Joseph Ferris, who is the fuck the Oscars guy from previous years, uh, where he, he did a big spiel. And and even him, he went up there and did his speech. And it was really interesting. And But it was more just like, how do I say as many things as possible before I get played off the stage? And sure enough, he only spoke for like 30 seconds to a minute. And to me, like I want to hear more from the developers. And I think uh, a great speech that we did here was... Um, uh, or at least an interesting one was Guardians of the Galaxy had won Best Narrative, and uh, I caught bits of that award. And I think the developers that came on to talk about it, um, at least you you got to hear a bit of, about the, you know the background of the narrative and, and hear a little bit more about their thoughts on winning the award. And that that is the interesting stuff. But I know that's not for everybody. But like, you got to pick a lane at some point, you know. I know. <laughs> I just I get it. The reveals are interesting. But there's a reason there isn't a three-hour Nintendo Direct. You know, they keep them 20 to 40 minutes. You get your word out there. And I just, I think we're at a point, there's got to be a better format for this where it's not a three-hour show. Because eventually we are going to get to the point where we just talk about the announcements, really. Because, like, that's the Mm -hmm. critical thing coming out of this. The awards are interesting, but they don't do anything with them afterwards. Yeah. Which is frustrating. That's fair. So are there any announcements other than uh, Alan Wake that you wanted to highlight? Uh, well, I think that um, you mentioned the Star Wars game. That's the next one from the Detroit developers. The That Detroit? did get me excited. Yeah, the Detroit Become Human. Um, oh, my gosh. I'm totally blanking on who, who they are. Uh, quantum dream i think it is quantum that's, yeah. i was like I, i'm like i have quantum in my head <laughs> but i don't know if that's from quantum break and all the control talk or True. if that's actually right yeah okay so <laughs> like i i think that uh you know they had a teaser for the halo tv uh show and honestly like um i'm still unsure as to whether that looks like um the previous entries of the halo live action stuff or if it's actually going to transcend this like not quite there i mean adaptations are are tough and i i really would like to see a solid halo show but um i don't i don't know what that teaser is is showing me is it showing me like a marketing directed dvd type thing or is it showing me like a great uh well thought out um adaptation like we've got from from previous shows like you mentioned wheel of time and and uh, other streaming uh content but you know, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, they showed uh, a, a primarily, I think, all uh, gameplay trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a lot of gameplay, and it looked hectic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the cool thing about Batman, which is it's from the developers that did the Batman trilogy, I think the cool thing about that is that it felt like you were more in control, and it was, it was like you knew what you were getting into when you started an encounter. Um, the, yeah, you're right. Suicide Squad looks very hectic. It looks like there's a lot going on and um yeah i'm not yeah. sure if you like switch between squad mates but they did basically show every individual's like uh moves and stuff so they're all playable characters so i don't know if you like choose a character before heading into a mission or if you like swap between them on the fly um 
it is so hectic that I think maybe you swap between them on yes. the fly because that game just again it just looks insane. Um, it I would it's kind of like there's parts of it that look like a, a like a brawler fighter kind of thing, and then there's parts of it that look like a shooter and. I think it might depend on the character you're playing, but I mean, in the end, and I can't remember any of the character names because uh, I'm not big into DC, but um, dude that has a shark face. Yeah, shark face. <laughs> yeah, shark face. King shark, sure. I think it is. <laughs> okay, well, shark face. Um, he looks like a brawler, but also has this like gigantic gun, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have a lot of fun playing as him. <laughs> yeah, it looks fun. I, I think that uh, it is... I think we need to prepare ourselves to understand that this is going to feel like a Rocksteady game, but will be different from the Batman games we've played previously. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the struggle that I'm feeling when I watch these trailers. Um, but yeah, like I think it's um, you can swap between all four characters on the fly. There is no co-op uh, from what I remember. I could be wrong. But um, when you are playing as one character, the others are still there and present, but they're AI controlled. And uh, you get to choose between Boomerang, Harley Quinn, Sharkface, and uh, uh, Deadshot. I think dead is shot. It. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say Dead Eye, and I'm like, nope, that's wrong. Yeah, yeah Dead, dead Eye Shot. Yeah, Sharkface, <laughs> Dead Eye, Sharkface, Dead Eye. That we... chick with the cool hair yeah. and <laughs> that guy lady. that just talks to the camera a lot. <laughs> yeah, and and I like the idea of. It's kind of weird, like you you set up this, you know, Batman trilogy, uh, you supposedly kill Batman at the end of that spoilers game came out a long time ago. And you come (laughs) to the kill the Justice League where essentially you're you're instructing us like, okay, Rocksteady is never going to make another DC game again because we're going to kill off all the characters you want. You want us to do a superhero or a Superman um, video game? Well, guess what? Where he's going to be the first boss that we kill. Oh, the Flash. No one asked for a Flash video game, but we'll kill him anyways. So it's going to be interesting to see how that game plays out, but it looks, it looks like a, a hectic good time. Um, but other than that, like it was a lot of like stuff we already knew about. We already touched on some of the surprises, but I think, uh, Senua's saga Hellblade two, like I listened to, there was like a six minute trailer and I listened to it with headphones and, and man, it is so creepy. And it reminds me, I probably need to, I think they just did a series X, uh, upgrade for the original one. And I probably need to go check that out because it it looks really creepy, but also really cool. So I don't know if you caught that trailer, but like there's some weird giant things that you're fighting and it's chasing you and there's these creepy whispers. I don't know. It, it looks really <laughs> neat. But th- those were the big ones for me. Like those are the ones that stood out. Like, again, I didn't watch the show, so I kind of just caught, you know, what was happening. And we already covered the big news at the top of the show with the Sonic 2 trailer. Um and and also, like, I don't know if you saw, but there's a new Sonic video game coming out that I know you like Breath of the Wild. So how do you feel about Sonic <laughs> Breath of the Wild? Oh, my God. Do you find it funny that they're just they just keep making these Breath of the Wild esque video games? You must love it. Uh, oh, yeah. It's my favorite thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but I guess I might as well give you a heads up now that you've downloaded Halo. But, you know, Halo is like. Halo, but Breath of the Wild, right? <laughs> I did not. Honestly, I knew nothing about it other than I could try it for free and everyone loves Halo except yeah. for me. So I figured I would just get in there, give it a shot, and then I'd be able to talk about it with my friends, even if 
they were talking about it positively, but not that I should go into Halo um, Infinite with a with a negative. Um, but yeah, I, like attitude. But anyways, I'll, I'll see. I might like it. I might like it. We'll see. But um, I did want to mention just for anyone who plays Dead by Daylight, um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was also announced from the creators of Friday the 13th. So Friday the 13th is basically the game that got stuck in IP hell. Uh, and so d- all development on it ceased very, very, very um, close to its launch because the original writer of the first Friday the 13th movie essentially was suing the franchise for royalties and uh, for ownership of the IP, basically. Um and that lawsuit only just recently within the past few months was uh, settled. But um, yeah, so the Friday the 13th devs, um, they basically made a game that was very similar, uh, asymmetrical horror multiplayer, um, very similar to Dead by Daylight. So, uh, but with the Jason character. And now they've created a new multiplayer horror game called, uh, based on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and uh, I'm I'm stoked <laughs> because I I really want to see what they're able to do because Friday the Thirteenth had a lot of potential. They had some really cool mechanics. You could actually like fight back against the killer. Um, but yeah, they they had some really cool mechanics. But because of the IP struggles, they never really got to show their full potential or like realize what a like a game because obviously all these games are meant to be um, like games as a service and and continue development. And so I'm excited to see what they do with something where they're not going to get like shackled right away. <laughs> so that I thought was a was a really big announcement for me coming from the the Dead by Daylight world. I did not realize that was the Friday the 13th devs. So that's Yeah. really cool that they move like I mean I I I know that I knew of the situation with uh, Friday the 13th and and that weird lawsuit that kind of basically shuttered the game and uh, a live game that was being worked on and updated and played by people so yeah and they yeah they weren't allowed to make any changes they weren't allowed to do any dlc they weren't allowed to like add new maps like they were totally just like um what what do you hamstringed yeah i don't there's there's a word (laughs) that means you're basically like stopped in your tracks and can't continue um and it was really unfortunate for them because like i said i i think I mean, Dead by Daylight's been around for so long now, but they also like they have a lot of balance problems and stuff. And there's a lot of other people that are trying to get into that space now. And Friday the 13th, the game came out years ago and and could have been a very viable alternative to Dead by Daylight before it got just the door slammed in its face. And so I I think the dev team behind it is really, really good. So I'm excited to see now that they have a new IP they can work on what they actually do with it and if it can actually compete with Dead by Daylight. Yeah, and hopefully an IP that can stay out of uh, legal trouble. Yeah, out of yeah, out of the courtrooms, yeah. yeah. I know Netflix <laughs> is working on a, uh, like a, a sequel to the original uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. So, and it's supposed to be out, I think, next year. So like, it's probably good timing on them. And honestly, like, it's all probably part of the IP plan to 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 bring it all back, but no, this is good. I'm. It's also really interesting because you can play as Leatherface in Dead by Daylight. So yeah, well, there um, should be no Dead by Daylight. You know. There shouldn't be any issues because I imagine that, like, I mean, Leatherface has been in Dead by Daylight forever as a killer. Mm-hmm. He was one of the first licensed killers that they got. Um, 
So I think that um, like they shouldn't have any IP issues on the Dead by Daylight side, but uh, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see like the differences playing the character in a, the same sort of game, right? Like you're going to basically be able to do a one for one comparison <laughs> between mm-hmm. Leatherface in um, Dead by Daylight and now Leatherface in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game. So, but like I say, I'm I'm a really big fan. Obviously, I still play Dead by Daylight multiple times a week. So, I'm a really big fan of the multiplayer asymmetrical horror genre. And uh, yeah, I'll definitely be I'll be trying this because they didn't show again. They didn't show any gameplay, but um, they did show a lot of like set pieces, which I thought was really cool. So. That was just that was the only one because again I <laughs> I talked about it when we were talking about Resident Evil in the Game of the Year category. Uh, I feel like there are uh, horror just horror needs to scrape for every minute of airtime it can get. So I just <laughs> wanted to make sure that uh, that I was mentioning that that was coming out as well in case there are any horror fans in the audience. But uh, I think that's going to pretty much do it for us this week. Um, if you guys have your favorite games of the year that you want to make sure that we talk about, hit us up in Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord because we will be doing our Game of the Year episode next week. Um, also, again, reminder, Friday, December 17th on twitch.tv slash Joss Plays, we're going to be having our Christmas Extra Life party. That's going to start at 8 p.m. Eastern. So do make sure you can tune in and support an excellent cause over at bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2021. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>